Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, I am Deb Coviello, and I want to thank you again for joining us on another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to bring amazing guests to you to bring their insights and inspiration to help you with your career or business, but also the opportunity to share some of my insights and the insights of others. So this is the beginning of a series for which, you know, I share a lot of my insights when I interview guests. I share them when I am guests on other people's podcasts. But the greatest gift I am realizing now is the insights that I gain from individuals, people that are mid-career or towards the end of their career. I have been on a mission here to connect with as many people as I can that have stories about What were those opportunities that they leveraged to really help their career, as well as what were some of the challenges and how did they navigate? And so this episode is inspired by one such professional. They've had an amazing career. They came into their career wanting to get a lot of things done, but along the way, they may or may not have had mentors. They may have been or may not have been given all the information they needed to not only do the work that they're best suited for, but also compensation for what they should be earning for the value that they're providing. And so we talked about so many things, but one of the things that they spoke about was being pushed out of the nest, having a leader that may move you out of your comfort zone into areas for which you can expand and learn and grow and even provide value back. But it also got me thinking about a topic because I see a lot of companies that are very, very well established. They have highly tenured employees and they move along quite successfully. And we feel that our employees are loyal, but potentially are they complacent? And there is a difference between being loyal and complacent. And I just want to go into that as our topic this week. But Before I get into that, again, many thanks to everybody who's been joining us. And if this is your first time listening, I do want to thank you. If you really enjoy this podcast, please consider downloading a few extra ones. We have usually a 30 or 40 minute interview that comes out on Mondays. And then we have these shorter ones for about 15, 20 minutes on Fridays. And they are chock full of insight to, again, inspire you to try something differently or even a framework that you can pick and choose the best to apply to your current situation. But let's go back to, is your team loyal or complacent? And mind you, while this message is primarily speaking to the leader that has people in their care, for the person who may not be a people leader yet, think about, the framework that I'm going to provide you because you could start actioning on these things so that you can do the best work you can and not fall into a place of complacency. So here we go. Here are my thoughts. (laughs) The worst thing that could happen to a leader is to have a complacent workforce 
you may be getting the results and the team is perceived as loyal and dependable. However, underneath the tip of the iceberg is and I'll say it again, a crisis brewing. And I'm not a Debbie Downer, (laughs) but I think there is a theme here about crisis that we should be making crisis a mainstream topic because while you may not be in a place of crisis or a slightly better place of chaos, crisis is something that we should be always thinking about. And what can we do to avert such a crisis? Hence, if you are in an environment where you have a well-oiled machine, a workforce is working for you that you believe is loyal, you might want to check again. They may simply be complacent. It is a crisis that's brewing under the ocean's water because it's a situation where when something bad happens, you may not expect it. And then you wonder how these things could happen to you. You're often lulled into a sense of calm when in actuality, you are doing a disservice to the people in your care and the organization you lead. And again, I know I'm placing a pain point here, but it is actually an opportunity. And I simply want to raise your awareness for the audience, again, who may not be a leader yet, the insights that I'm about to share with you, take heed of them because they may be things that you can do for your career now to not fall into complacency, or if you become a people leader, these are things that you should be integrating, not just in the daily work that you do to get the results that you need, but this is all part of strategic thinking, another necessary skill that if you or your people do not have strategic thinking skills, you might want to think again. So I'd like to start this with planning for crisis. Again, when we think about strategy, Think about it from a place of crisis because it instills a sense of urgency and a risk mitigation mindset. So when it comes to a complacent workforce, it is a crisis in the making. And it is just a matter of time before the planets line up and you have challenges in achieving your results. Now, before I go into what I mean by crisis and my crisis scale, I think about a story of an individual who was in my care and very, very talented professional. And when I was talking to my manager, I said, we need to think about succession planning, one, if this person gets promoted, or two, if they leave the company. And I remember them saying, they're never going to leave the company. They are loyal. They will never leave. And I was taken aback by that because that was just telling me we should not be planning for the unknown. And as a leader, we always have to plan for the unknown or if the inevitable happens. Now, I do particularly know that this individual has still stayed at the same company that I used to be associated with. So yes, they are still loyal. However, if they fall into complacency, maybe the impact that they have on the organization is less. Or should we have had a crisis, they may not have been able to respond as well. So I took the high road and I made sure that I really, really developed that person, pushed them out of their comfort zone, even elevated them so they were visible in more global situations. And ultimately, that person is definitely leveraged at a global level versus simply a regional level. But let's get back into crisis because I often talk about crisis in my conversations with you, but let's put it on a spectrum and I call it my crisis scale. So five, five is bad. (laughs) Five is that you're in crisis and let me paint a picture for you. You're losing customers. Potentially you are losing resources and you are losing your competitive edge. If you're in crisis, it is too late to call me in to help you, but you still can call me and try to at least get you out of crisis and back into maybe the next level, which I call chaos. That's a number four. On a scale of five to one, four 
is chaos. And when you're in chaos, you have not lost a customer, you've not lost your resources, but you are in firefighting mode and trying to solve another day. Now, if you're the kind of leader that loves putting out fires, being that go-to person for decision-making and fixing that, and you love being in chaos, just know you're one step away from crisis. And so I wouldn't stay in chaos. Again, I, the drop-in CEO, can help you if you're in a place of crisis to move you up the crisis scale into control, which is a number three. So control is a good place to be. You have everything in order and you're achieving your results, but this is where the story comes in. You feel your team is loyal, but they may actually be just complacent because just getting the results is good enough. So it's a good place to be in control, but I wouldn't be too comfortable because control is one step away from chaos. Should somebody leave the organization or you don't have the systems or processes in place now that are either scalable or can respond to changes in your environment. So do not be lulled into a false sense of confidence that your team is loyal because they may actually be complacent when you're in a place of control. Number two, continuous improvement. I love, love, love working with businesses and people who have a mindset of continuous improvement. You are always seeking of new ways of performing. You have a risk-based mindset and you are putting controls in place to be able to either avert risks or prevent them. And finally, if you are so lucky to be a number one, you are at a place of competitive advantage. Your customers are asking you, to share best practices. So you are seen as a partner, not simply as a resource or supplier. So there you have it, the crisis scale, the worst place to be, crisis. You want to move out of crisis, maybe into just chaos, but better to move into control, eventually continuous improvement and have a competitive advantage. Now, let's come back to you about that team that you feel is loyal, but maybe just complacent. Here is a framework Yes, the famous framework for which you should take note of some of these items that could be relevant to you. So number one, I would suggest, again, if you think your team is loyal, but just complacent, challenge them with breadth or depth. For the subject matter expert, give them a project in a new area, make them feel uncomfortable and leverage their expertise. And for the generalist that just seems to know a little bit about everything, they're a go-to person, they know a lot in a lot of different areas, maybe give them a project where they need to increase their knowledge and impact in a very specific area. So challenge them with breadth and depth. You're going to make them feel uncomfortable. They're going to want to understand why are you changing things up? There is method to your madness. Next, and this goes to the person that I spoke to, push them out of the nest. Make it part of their development plan that they need to move to a new role in one to two years. It forces them to prepare for the challenge and capture their current tribal knowledge to share with the next person that takes over their role. It is also the chance to build new skills in anticipation of the change. Again, This is your job to help prepare the people to be the future leaders or subject matter experts of tomorrow, but keeping them in one place is a disservice. Now, I also say, let's number three, create a sense of urgency. Start the dialogue to let them know they'll need to grow in breadth or depth or try a new role and ask them to come with suggestions on where and how they'll do that. So don't just be the one that determines their next move, but also put it on them. It creates more value in the organization and makes them more valuable by pushing them out and moving them on. And 
in the process, you get them to think versus do. They need to be creative and bring to you their thoughts on how to make this transition to the conversation. And you start creating a thought leader, but also the sense of urgency becomes it is a condition of their employment and getting a good review to think about their future and how can they move on. Number four, where a career ladder is not established, suggests some alternatives. A lot of smaller organizations, flat organizations, does not provide room for improvement and there is or, or change in one's career. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying we should change the size of the company or create a hierarchy or ladder. However, if someone is at the top of their career position, maybe they're the director of procurement, suggest areas where they can work in different areas of the business or downstream. And this may include maybe operations or manufacturing or even a quality organization where the output of their current work in their role in procurement has an impact on those other functions for which they can soon learn and value (laughs) the downstream people by actually being in their shoes. So where there isn't a career ladder, establish potentially some alternatives. And also as a mentor, help them to think. You need to help them discover opportunities before you experience a crisis. This is especially important for those less senior employees who have a thirst for knowledge, but they often leave the company because they become bored where there's no opportunities. However, maybe you can create an apprenticeship program or model for which maybe they rotate every six months into new roles and it keeps them interested and engaged. Again, these are a few tips that I want to suggest again for the leader that wants to make sure that they have a loyal workforce because you're invested in their value and leveraging it across the business versus keeping them in their role because you like the complacency. And for that person that hasn't yet risen to being a people leader, you too could suggest these at your one-on-ones or with your boss as a way for you to learn and grow and continue to provide value. And so. This is my suggestion for you is, again, loyalty versus complacency. You may like the complacency, but just know, and I've seen this time and time again, as soon as the environment changes, this model no longer works. People leave the organization. A company is bought. There is new leadership. There is a new customer requirement. And while you may have joined a place of complacency that you believe is loyalty, as soon as things change, the wheels are going to start falling off the bus. So I propose to you to be proactive versus reactive. Be that person seeking continuous improvement and be a number two on the crisis scale versus succumbing to the situation that may change in front of you. And that's where I see senior leaders get off track. And the CEO's Compass, your guide to get back on track, my book can also get you back on track. So it has been my pleasure to share some of these insights, again, inspired by somebody that I had the opportunity to speak to. I so appreciate these conversations. And every single Friday will be another topic spawned by an amazing conversation that I have had with mid-career and late-career managers and senior leaders because their stories are real. I love to learn from them and also give back to not only them, but other leaders that may or may not have had these experiences. And so I am grateful my dog Reagan did not make a cameo appearance this week, but you never know, he may pop up in future episodes, but so appreciate him staying quiet while I was able to share these insights with you. So with that, 
I want to thank you for joining me on another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I am grateful that you've joined us. I am hopeful that you will join us again. And I do wish you continue success and be well. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, The CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.